The following is a hoop ball presentation. Good morning, hoop ballers, and welcome to another edition of Hoop Balls DFS today. Uh, this is the January 2nd Happy New Year's edition, a day late, uh, for an, f- the Saturday slate. I am Santino Cocone. I will be your host tonight, and I am joined with my good friend Aaron Asmus. How you doing, buddy? Doing good. Uh, it was a really successful end to the 2020 year. Had, I think, probably my best month ever in DFS this last December, so I'm ready to keep going. All right, awesome. And that, that's the way to end it. And, oh, I think we have another special guest. My, my little pup is trying to make an appearance getting in the room <laughs> over here. Uh, <laughs> I don't know if you can hear him on there, but he just started his little, his little barking. Um, he, I think he wants to make an appearance on the pod. I'm trying to tell him to leave, but we'll see what happens. <laughs> can't, can't control a ball about here. Uh, but, yeah, so a couple things that we've been doing. Uh, I'm glad to hear that you're – one of your best months, or if not best months of the of the year, happened in December to close out the year. Hopefully, we can continue that streak and with you and everybody else uh, into January, February, March, et cetera, et cetera. Absolutely, awesome. And before we get in there, I want to tell everybody: uh, make sure to continue to give us rate and reviews. Uh, tell us stuff that you like, you don't like, what we what you want us to work on, what you want us to continue to uh, pinpoint for you, and in. And we read that that we read those reviews every time and try and cater to what everybody says and um, do a little bit better of a job of um, getting to getting you what you what the experience you want out of this podcast. And I also want to shout out again, Aaron. Aaron, tell them where they can find you on Twitter, buddy. Yeah, so I'm at Asmus Sports on Twitter, and if you are a DFS Pass or a Fantasy Pass subscriber. I've tried to be really active in the Discord, and we've been talking about plays and lineups, and um, we're starting to get more and more people in there, and it's starting to become a really, really productive chat. So I'd encourage you to follow me on Twitter at Asmus Sports, or come come say hi in the Discord and talk to myself, Santino, Mike, and just kind of the rest of us are just hanging out in there, just trying trying to talk the slate and really working on becoming better DFS players. Awesome. It couldn't have said it any better. Uh, and if you want to follow me on Twitter, my Twitter handle is at Santino Cocone. Um, and my I'm also on the Discord, too, trying to get everybody's inactives there, the lineups, uh, starting lineups in and, and answering people's questions, whatnot. Uh, and I'm also Santino Cocone on that or or maybe just Santino. I can't I can't honestly remember. I don't know if I have my last name in there. But, uh, buddy, right before we get in, let, let me talk to you guys a little bit about our one of our um favorite booking sites here is my bookie <clears throat> and uh i wanted to tell you guys ever since that I, I started this podcast people have been asking me for betting tips and and all that stuff i always get asked who you got lakers or clippers rogers or mahomes and i'll tell you what i tell them uh, where you bet is just as important as who you're betting on and that's why i tell people to bet with my bookie my bookie's rep is rocket rock solid and they've got the best odds contests and promotions in the business they're literally the only place I trust to handle my NBA-related bets. Uh, the one sportsbook guaranteed to give me the best lines for the National Championship college football game um, on January 11th and on very NFL playoff games. Uh, you, you know me, and you know what I don't 
give out uh, my stamp of approval easily. So to earn this, you've got to be the best at what you do. And my bookie, in my book, <laughs> in my <laughs> bookie, uh, <laughs> that's, a, that's a good pun right there, I guess. Uh, Mike would find that funny because he's just – he doesn't have a good sense of humor. Uh, but <laughs> <laughs> my bookie is the best sports book in my – I almost said it again – out there. Um, it's simple. Sign up, guys. Enter the promo code HOOPBALL. That's H-O-O-P-B-A-L-L. And get your deposit matched halfway up to 1000 bucks. Head over to my bookie now if you want a little extra excitement to the to sports that you love and you know and the games you bet. So bet with the best and bet with my bookie. Uh, and for this particular slate, we have six games, uh, but one of these games is just the so- showdown slate. Last time we were on here, Aaron, we, we kind of went a little bit longer on the showdown than we wanted to. Uh, not many people play showdown when there's an actual slate on the board too. Uh, so I know we were talking about this before. We're going to try and do a, do a little quick hitter on this, this showdown slate, uh, maybe five minutes or so, and then get into this nitty-gritty nitty five-game slate that we have there. Uh, but this this showdown slate is going to be probably a fun one for a single game, as, as, as showdown slates can be. Uh, we have Sacramento at Houston, uh, and the spread for this one is currently – give me one second um, – Actually, I don't have a spread for this one. Um, there Currently, there is none at the moment, uh, but I'm assuming it's going to be about four points or so to the Rockets. Uh, they're home, so maybe three or two. And I would say the over-under would be about 232.5, give or take. Um, knowing that and, and knowing the, the injury report that I'll get to now, we have Chris Clemens out. Eric Gordon is probable. Uh, Mason Jones out, Kenyon Martin Jr. out, Ben McLemore still out. And for the Kings, Daquan Jeffries is going to be out for a while. And Tyrese Halliburton, he will be out for this game and at least the next game. That's a big blow. Uh, But knowing that we just lost some value with Halliburton, we'll start with, yeah, big blow there. We'll start with the Kings, though. They are the away team. Uh, But where are you looking here? And again, um, without Halliburton, we we lost a little bit of value. And we'll start with... uh, who you think would you you want in the captain spot on the king spot, and well, where you're looking out at outside of them? Uh, yeah, so that Halliburton news is pretty huge. I was I was just kind of working through the write up right now for the article, and Halliburton was in a lot of the content, so I'll have to <laughs> go, go back and switch that up a little bit. But yeah, they they just published it too. Uh, I want to say ten minutes before we jumped on. Okay, uh, yeah. So his big. Kind of the big thing I was going to talk about for this game is that basically you can't play Marvin Bagley because his position in crunch time has been taken over by Halliburton. And the last two games, especially, Bagley has not uh, played in the last 18 minutes of the game. He's just been straight out sat through the fourth quarter, mainly for Tyrese Halliburton. So... Thinking about that a little more, I think Corey Joseph at 4K becomes probably one of the more tremendous value. His role has been extremely secure already. He's played between 19 and 29 minutes. And without Halliburton in the game, I I think you can probably uh, around 25 minutes or so. I think that seems really secure. And they're very comfortable playing the two two point guards with, with him next to Fox. So I think that really secures Halliburton, or not Halliburton, Joseph as a cash game value. Um, in the captain spot, I think the guy you're looking at is De'Aaron Fox on, on the Kings side. Um, 
is, especially without Halliburton in the game now, they're going to need who's Fox's playmaking even more so. And uh, just this an up-tempo style game fits what he likes to do perfectly. And I think he can make some really creative lineups with him over Harden in the captain and really feel confident in the rest of your team. Uh, so I would lean Joseph. And I think kind of most of the starters are pretty good outside of Bagley. Holmes is a reasonable price at 66. Barnes, 7K. So these are the guys I would be leaning on with because you're more than likely playing Harden in the captain in a lot of your builds. So for a more cash game construction, lean on some of these King, Kings value guys. Yeah, and I, and I like how you how you wrote that up and, and had that one there. Uh, without Halliburton, Fox is going to be per, the primary playmaker. I mean, he, he pretty much is anyway, but without right. Halliburton there taking some extra usage and, and playmaking and ball handling duties, uh, it's, it's all going to go on to Fox. And, and you mentioned uh, Corey Joseph. He's going to see, see more time here. There's not many guards on this team that they play. I mean, they have guys like Glenn Robinson who can play in the wing and maybe keep healed in there uh but none of these guys really play too much and without jeffries another guy that they like to play on the wing a lot of this a lot of halliburton's minutes and, and usage and stuff are not i wouldn't say necessarily usage but minutes and uh ball distributing is going to fall on to Corey joseph and his boring uh veteran savviness so right uh, for at four four k that's that's a pretty solid price tag there um for someone who's going to be probably uh he should outperform that in, in his new role and I like I like Rashawn Holmes too he's pretty much taken that center job by storm uh, at first they were splitting it but three minutes for for Hassan Whiteside he's pretty much phased out of this this offense right now and this this entire team uh, he went from 15 or 18 down to 15 down to 10 a little jump back to 13 and then three minutes so he's just not even seeing the floor um, and I think Bagley comes into a little bit more play, like you said, without yeah. Halliburton there, who was they were playing the t- the three guard lineup. Um, and, but Bagley's gonna and, and put Barnes at the four. Probably gonna have to move Barnes back up to the three now because they have all these all these bigs that they can play uh, and and go a, l- a little bit bigger than normal. Um, so I, I think those guys are the guys I like. I like Fox as the only option as the captain because if you're not going, if you're gonna really go uh, cheap with your captain. I, I don't think you have much leeway here with who we're playing against on the other side. Of yeah, the <laughs> I, I don't I don't think so anymore. You know, especially, you know, Halliburton wasn't taking a whole lot of usage, but he was taking playmaking away from Fox. And I, there's, I just don't see very many other paths to a big ceiling in your captain other than Harden or Fox. Yeah. And sometimes, uh, a lot of times I like to go with a, a little cheaper of a... Um, value play there at, at captain if you can find one and and a lot of teams have playmakers uh and, and good players third options and stuff that can break out uh this this particular team uh, I, there's not many that i can fully count on uh, there without taking a, a flyer on and again when we're getting to the other side of the ball which we should just jump to now and get this uh <laughs> this entire thing over with um but we have James Harden on the other side of the ball, and he has yet to get less than 55.5 points in any three of his games. So he's probably going to be the highest captain played guy. And then you have Christian Wood, who's been playing awesome lately um, since since he got the job last year in Detroit on uh, the year before that when he was playing. And now right in here, he has at least 21 points uh, in, in every game right now. Um, John Wall is another option for me because he's been looking great or 
throughout the preseason. And then that last game, he looked really well as well. Uh, but those are the three guys I would play in the captain here. I'm going to just gravitate towards Harden, assuming I can fit a decent lineup outside of him, just because this dude's definitely hitting value. And we just want, I want raw points here, especially with my captain yep. getting that 0.5 extra. And we know he's going to be good for uh, just say 30 points and, and, Eight, 36 and six at the minimum. So, I mean, you can't go wrong with James Harden here. Agreed. Um, the, I mean, I watched, I watched that whole game against the Kings and Harden could not have played worse. I mean, he was, he was just, he was just awful the whole game. Like I, and this dude still managed to put up, you know, 33 points and 55 fantasy points. So it's like, he's, he's basically at a point in his career where like you just, he comes preloaded with 50 fantasy points if he plays, you know, a reasonable amount of minutes. <clears throat> so, yeah, I mean, I there, I would just start there. I would start Harden in your captain. Uh, I think Christian Wood is an interesting way to get a little different in a tournament. Um, correlate him with Harden. Um, I'd be okay with Wood in the captain uh, as a way to get really different in tournaments. But in general, stick with Harden, stick with Fox in the captain. Yeah. And for the other guys on this team, like the cheap value plays, especially that you're going to need with Harden at your your captain spot, uh, PJ Tucker's a decent guy to look at. Only 52. Uh, Daniel House at 5K. These are guys that are are playing a lot of minutes and, and good good amount of minutes that you can look at. Uh, you can also take a look at Tate. He played 21 minutes in the last game at four four point six boards a steal. I mean, you're going to have to try and get creative if you're trying to get uh, Harden and Fox in your lineup especially with Harden at that captain spot. So there, there's a lot of good, decent value to be had here if, if that's the way you go. <clears throat> All right, man. And anything you want to say before we jump on out of here and, and get to the, the good good side of this slate? I don't think so. Let's, let's, move it, let's move it along. All right. Okay, so we have the first game on the slate here. Uh, it is the... Uh, the first game on the main slate, it is the Charlotte Hornets playing on the second night of a back-to-back. So we don't have any injury report. We also don't have any um, spread for this one or over-under because uh, we, we need to know what happens with the Charlotte Hornets here. Uh, but they're playing the 76ers. And on the 76ers side, we have Mike Scott as probable. He should play. And Firkin Korkmaz is out. I was going to make another joke about that. I love that name. But he's not going to yeah. be playing in this one. Um Let's lean on to the the uh, Charlotte side of the things. Uh, where are you looking here? It's assuming that everything comes out normal, everybody's going to play next game, uh, and they come out of this game just looking good. So, yeah, they just finished their game, um, and no one played above 28 minutes. So in the for the most part, I think you're pretty okay going to any of these guys and then being relatively fresh. Usually on the second night of back-to-backs, I kind of shy out I tend to shy more away if they, you know, they get done with the 35 to 38 minute game. But all these guys, all their key rotation guys, kind of played around the same 25 to 28 minutes. So I don't think that's going to be a huge worry, uh, a huge worry for this slate. Uh, in general, though, Philly is one of those teams I try not to target. Um, it's a five game slate, so we obviously have to. Look through a few a few of these plays, but for cash games, a lot of these none of these none of the Hornets are really popping out all that much. You know, I, I've become the PJ Washington whisperer, uh, <laughs> or the number one fan, something along those lines in in the Discord, and 
you know, I think he's a guy at, until they bump up his price into the six Ks, he's just too he's just too cheap at fifty five hundred for the role the role he plays and his ability to rack up stats in base in every category. Uh that's it's just a good and they're gonna give him every opportunity to keep going out there for twenty eight to thirty two minutes and anytime you can get a good offensive big for that price tag, uh, that's that's always gonna be that's always gonna be in play for me. Uh, the other guys just aren't, they're just a little overpriced. Uh, they're kind of priced efficiently at this point. You know, Hayward at 7,200, like that's okay. But against Philly, he likely sees Ben Simmons defense. That's kind of eh. Maybe, maybe in large field tournaments, but I don't like it. Uh, Rozier, 7K, same thing. Like he's going to have a tough defensive matchup. Danny Green's going to be out there. Uh, Graham at 6,300. Probably as the cheapest one, I'd I'd be fine. I'd probably be the most fine going here, uh, just because of the price tag, and you're getting a little bit of a discount. But in general, uh, this this is just going to be a lower total game, as most games with Philly are. You know, it's, even though they didn't play very many minutes tonight, you know, it, it is the second night of a back to back. I I think we can look for better spots. Yeah, and. Uh... The Sixers are just one of the best defensive teams in the league. You mentioned that, and it's just hard to go against them. It makes people like, uh, especially in your center spot, I can't, I can't look at them like a, a Bismack Biombo, forty nine hundred. Even if he was a little bit cheaper, I just can't look at him going against Embiid. Embiid's going to get this guy in foul trouble early. Uh, and something that our buddy Mike likes to say is he likes to target backup centers on um, when there's. <clears throat> to find value with backup centers against Philly. Uh, so I would, wouldn't mind giving Jalen McDaniels a slight look if you're just going pure punt. He might see himself uh, playing 15 to 20, maybe a little bit more minutes in this one as well, just because uh, we expect Biombo to be in foul trouble. I don't know if they can just throw P.J. Washington at the center spot against an Embiid just because of how big and physical he is. Uh, he, put, he put him in foul trouble too. So Isn't McDaniels I, really small, though? Isn't he, he's like a twig, right? Yeah, he uh, he he's a he's a banger though, but he's not, he's oh, not okay. a big guy. But he but he's a, a banger guy, and and he can eat fouls if if needed. Um, okay. So to me, he's pure, he's purely a pump play. So I'm not going to go out of my way to play him. But if you're yeah, just okay. looking at uh, like minimum salary type guy, um, you could do worse than him. I would say. <clears throat> Other than that, yeah, I don't know if this. Uh, I don't really like anybody in the backcourt. I like like. We mentioned the other day, me and uh, Mike, I believe we also mentioned it, me and you. Uh, Gordon Hayward's just criminally underpriced at the moment. I just don't like this matchup like you mentioned. At 7,200, he can easily exceed value. I just don't want to target against the Sixers really too much. Uh, if I had to pick someone, if you think this game maybe get gets a little out of hand or so, uh, even though the Hornets have been playing great, they did just get beat by the to the Grizzlies by uh, 15 points here. So if you think something changes here, maybe Miles Bridges because they'll they'll play him more off the bench uh, and get some more minutes. Maybe Lamella Ball gets some more minutes. Uh, but I think there are better people uh, deeper in the slate that we'll get to uh, around the price tag. Uh, I would more target the guys on the Philly side, and we can jump right into that, man. Uh, who are you looking at on the the Phillies <clears throat> on the Sixers side? Sorry, you guys, my voice is. Pretty much shot today, and I'm trying, <laughs> I'm trying my bets. And He's I keep firing going. through, though. That's, that's all that counts. <laughs> I'm firing through it. Um, but on the Sixers, we have our three big guns: Seth Curry's putting his uh, putting work in there, and then we have everybody else who's 
hit or miss depending on the game. But is there anybody here that you can just lock into? And can you lock into and beat at, at 10K uh, knowing that there's only one guy higher priced on the, on the, the slate? I think he's going to project really well. Um, just again, there's just the the game context is so good for the Sixers. Uh, there's going to be blowout risk, obviously, and you you have to account for that. So um, I think this is a little bit of a wait and see um, play here. If we kind of get a feel for ownership throughout the day, if another popular build emerges, then maybe Embiid's lower owned, and we can get him as a really awesome tournament play. Uh, at, at lower ownership because I, I just don't know if there's very many better raw projection plays than Embiid against Bismack Biombo who can't defend him and if he gets him in early foul trouble then definitely P.J. Washington definitely can't defend him then, then there's <laughs> definitely nobody on the team who can uh, slow him down then it's just a matter of can the Hornets keep it close so the answer is yes I think he's a good he's a good guy you should uh work through some builds with, but I don't know if he's a lock at this point. Yeah, I can see that. I think there are, there's at least one other top flight center play that I, I, I really like as well. Uh, but Embiid for 10 K he's, he's very safe for me. I, th- I think he's going to be uh, very safe in cash games. Assuming yeah. as long as this game stays close to me, he's, he's a very safe investment in, in cash games. I can't see, like you mentioned, no one can stop him on the other side. Uh, there's just nobody physical enough or big enough or <laughs> fundamental enough. And that last one specifically at Biombo, uh to to contain him if he's on his even B game. Uh, so I think he's going to be super safe in cash games. Maybe fairly owned in tournament play. I would expect at least 30 to 40% ownership just seeing the matchup. Oh, really? So, okay. Um, I don't know. I'm I'm just playing it by... I think a lot of people are thinking the same thing. No one can touch him on Charlotte, so they'll play him a little bit more. Right. Um, so <clears throat> I think you can pivot away from him in, in tournaments a little bit more. But in cash, I think he's super safe. Outside of him, uh, Simmons, he's been playing really well, but a little pricey for me. I would rather just try and get in bead if possible, if you have that $1,000 uh, laying out there. Harris at 7-3, that's decent value for him. He can get up to 8 k I like him a little bit more than Hayward in this one just because the matchup works for him. Uh, and, and I would be looking at either one of Milton or Curry as well as my last guys if you're around that price range. Uh, I think we're going to find better value, but they are options for me as well if, you have, if you're playing a couple people around that, that price tag. Yeah, I think Seth, Seth Curry, maybe not necessarily for this game, but... Uh, I, he's a guy who can really spike for a huge game. He just gets in... He's been absolutely launching from three, and he's had three really good results, or three out of five really good results in the early going over you know over thirty DK points in games that were closer. Uh, I think he's kind of he's really that third banana on the team, and he's really helped open up that Philly offense. Um, he's a guy that. This I think this team needs to play really well to for them to take the next step with with Simmons and Embiid as the cornerstones. So he I, he's a guy I want to keep him in mind for just about every slate as a potential tournament option and to work him in. Yeah, and, and I like how they have uh, Simmons in more of just a do it all type of role, not a scorer. So he's 
kind of the fourth option now on the team if if Seth Curry keeps playing the way he is. So you have Embiid, Harris, Curry taking the shots, and and Simmons playing great defense and distributing the ball, rebounding, doing everything that he does without having to worry about people asking him if he could shoot. Right. <clears throat> Um, but yeah, let's go to this uh, this next game here. We have the New York Knicks against the Indiana Pacers. These guys played each other already this season, and we had a, su- a surprising um, no. A su- I was going to say a surprising win, but it was it wasn't a win. Uh, the the Pacers won by fourteen in this one. We had some different different things that we saw here. R.J. Barrett had his best shooting game of, of the season in that one, um, and I'll get to the the spread here. It is two fifteen. In a, just 215 and, and negative 11 for the Pacers at home. Uh, one of the lowest pro- raw projections on this team um, or on this slate. And we have for the injury report, TJ Warren is going to be out for the foreseeable future. Now uh, with that foot injury, I think he just went under undergone surgery as well. So yeah. he's going to be out for, I would say months. Uh, I don't know how many, but definitely in plural plural with the the months uh we have goga batatse out brian bowen the second out jeremy lamb still trying to recover from that acl injury uh, he's out we have frank nidalakino out on the nick side dennis smith jr omari spellman obi toppin all out emmanuel quickly keeps coming in at questionable we'll, so we'll keep an eye on that kevin knox is probable and alec burks is questionable again um so Knowing all that, <clears throat> we'll start with the Knicks side. I'll jump in here. Uh, yeah, R.J. Barrett had his best shooting game of the season against them, one of the few efficient ones. He was he started 8 of 8 from the field, and he was 9 of 11 at half. He finished 11 of 15. Uh, he finished with 44 DK point, 44 and a half DK points, uh, had 8 rebounds, 5 assists, also season highs. The 8 tied. Uh, so he, I don't... At 6,500, that's not bad, but I can't expect him to shoot 11 of 15 from the field again. He hasn't shot uh, nearly close to that since his best shooting game has been 4-12, 7 of 17. Uh, so he's just not an efficient shooter. I don't know what happened in that first game. Uh, but a guy that we're, we're looking at playing really well lately is Julius Randle at 9,100. I think that's slightly expensive for me i i just i don't, I don't want to do that on this slate uh, but he yeah. has been playing really well and he has a couple games with uh three games with over seven assists already so he is kind of turning into a one of the primary playmakers as well on this team uh, and then we have a guy like alfred payton who they pretty much go with with how alfred payton goes if he's playing pretty good this team's going to compete if he's playing pretty bad uh this team's going to play pretty bad so they they go with Alfred Payton at 6100 I also don't want him in this matchup uh, there's not too many people on this team that I'm I'm looking at looking at um, but I think if Alec Burks plays at 5400 he would be an option and I like him a little bit better than both of those sixer guys I mentioned um, we saw Austin Rivers come back so he, he's going to get some minutes too but I think Alec Burks is the Outside of Randall, the primary, the second secondary scorer on this team, whether he starts or comes off the bench, and I think that's a good value at fifty four hundred. Uh, so he'd be like the only guy I'm looking at on the Knicks squad. Um, how about you, Aaron? Yeah, I think I think you hit it. Just these guys are just a little bit overpriced. Um, Julius Randall, he had those two huge games where he had the one triple double and then the one almost triple double, but he's just not a ninety one hundred dollar player. Uh, just historically. <laughs> 
you know, he's playing the massive monster minutes, which is great for a floor, but he's almost priced. He's priced to perfection at this point. He's, he's, you know, <laughs> he's got a, he's not a guy who's going to give you a lot of blocks and steals. He's not going to help out there. Um, yeah. I mean, I just, I just can't do it. You know, just looking at the price tags, I'd much rather have Sabonis yep. at 94. I'd much rather have Embiid in the monster matchup for just $900 more. So, I mean, yeah, you, in, it was what did you say? It was an eleven. It was uh, they were eleven point docs, something along those lines. Uh, yes, they are eleven point. <clears throat> oh my god, my throat's dying on me. <laughs> <laughs> they are eleven point road dogs. So yeah, so I mean that's we 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 can find better spots here. Like I would rather invest the nine hundred more in you know Philly, who's likely going to be you know eleven point eleven twelve point favorites. You know if they blow out Charlotte, it's very likely because Embiid just absolutely dominated in three, three and a half quarters. So he's, Randall's going to be a fade for me. RJ Barrett is a guy I'm not looking at in cash games yet, but the shooting role, the minutes, the the ball control is, is all there. He's just not doing very much with it in, in these last four games. So I, I haven't quite gone through all my cash game builds yet, but you know, in a in a five game slate, short five game slate, sixty five hundred for a guy we can be really confident in thirty five minutes. Who's going to take a bunch of shots? He's going to be probably one of the lead playmakers on the team. Uh, yeah, I, I I could see it in cash and definitely in just about in any tournament format, especially if people are just scared off the the bad efficiency. Uh, in a bigger slate, maybe you wouldn't go there, but I think RJ Barrett is squarely in play for either format. And the other guy is Elf Payton. Um, projections, I love this guy, basically since all their other guards have been out. And unfortunately, we didn't get the minutes ceiling we saw in the Cleveland game that we did in the Toronto game. But if we have that same situation again where all the guards are out, then yeah, I think you can go right back to Elf at 6,100. It's just, just really cheap for a guy uh, who we could probably project for is going to project in the 33 to 34 minute range. And historically he's just, he's a fantasy monster contributes and, uh, and rebounds, assists and points and guy who, who regularly competed for, uh, triple doubles. And, um, yeah. So while I don't like investing heavily in 11 point dogs on the road, I think there's definitely a couple plays here, mainly RJ bear elf. And then, I think Mitra uh, Mitra a little bit, but I think mainly those two first those first two guys. Yeah, and it will be uh, RJ Barrett has taken fifteen shots in every game. It's just a matter of if he can hit them, uh, and it'll be interesting to see Alec Burks and um, Emmanuel Quickly's designation before we get in there. If they're both yeah. in, it lowers the the ceiling for RJ Barrett and Alfred Payton more so Alfred Payton because two people are going to be gunning for his minutes. Barrett and Randall, uh, they're definitely they're safe for thirty five plus minutes in this in this environment. Um, but the uh, the Peyton is is key on if Burks plays and um, <clears throat> and we have Manuel quickly because people were calling for quickly to start at the point guard and Alec Burks is going to see his minutes and his shots as well. Um, so keep an eye on those news and we, and we will also be letting you know what's going on in the Discord and all that stuff. But let's flip it on over to the Pacer side and you mentioned a guy who. Is only four hundred more um, or three hundred more than Julius Randle, and that's Demont- Demontis Sabonis. Um, I mentioned before, if 
there's a guy close to Embiid's price that I really like as well, and this is him, uh, yep. 9400. He's just he's just so safe. And the first time they played this, uh, these two teams played, he put up 32 points, 13 rebounds, five assists, and he put up 58 uh, DK points. Uh, this guy's just efficient. He's safe, and this is a good matchup for him. So I really, really like him in here, and I like a lot of this team. Uh, we don't ha- we don't have TJ Warren in there anymore, so that's uh, some some usage there that's going around. Uh, and and a guy like um, Justin Holiday is not a usage type guy, so he's not going to absorb it even if he starts. Even or Aaron Holiday if he starts, he's more of a um, secondary type or third third dairy, I guess you could say, or fourth yeah. dairy, I guess you could say, playmaker in this starting lineup with Oladipo, Brogdon, some bonus. Uh, so he's not going to get a ton of usage there as well. Uh, then you got a guy like um, Doug McDermott, McBuckets, who would just going to get a couple more shots and see some more minutes here as well. Uh, but he's not a usage type player. He just gets open shots as, as three-point shooters do. Uh, so I think a lot of the Warren usage goes to guys like Sabonis, Brogdon, and Oladipo uh, mainly, and they're all squarely in play for me. And Miles Turner, with the way he's been playing lately, uh, he's slightly in play for me too. I just think there's very good value at center, uh, and I like Oladipo for 300 more for going pure points. Uh, so those are the three guys I'm, I'm pretty much looking at heavily. Uh, as long as this game can stay close, they should all play 30 minutes, and they can all eat value here. Yeah, I think I think you hit the nail right on the head. I won't expand too much on it, but uh, Brogdon and Oladipo aren't priced efficiently for TJ Warren being out yet, I don't think. I think these guys could probably get up another five to $700 pretty easily. And the way the ro- their rotations have been working is, especially what's been... Uh, their coach has played a really condensed rotation and especially in the last couple games it's been really encouraging to see Victor Oladipo get to 34 minutes in each game and we kind of forget that you know when Victor Oladipo is healthy he's he was an all-star you know he was a really high usage guy who could contribute on the defensive end defensive stats and get after it on the boards and be a secondary playmaker and we kind of forget that I think because um, it's been a while since he's been healthy and been that sort of player so at 6700 that's against the Knicks, who that's just a real tough price tag to pass on. I think probably the same for Malcolm Brogdon at 7400 where just with Warren out, all, this, all his usage, I think, funnels mainly to the three main guys, as we mentioned. And I just think these two guys especially are particularly underpriced. And I think your only concern is if the Knicks can fight back and keep it close. Yeah, and that's that's the only main that's the main concern there. If this game is within early or early double digits heading into the fourth or midway through the fourth, you're going to expect that we're going to see these guys on the floor for pretty much the whole game. So, uh, that's the one key. If they can keep it within 13 or so points for the game, uh, we're going to get a lot of value uh, availability for these guys. <clears throat> Well, let's get on to the second this this third game on the slate. We got 
three more left uh, to tackle quickly. Uh, before I do that, I want to shout out our guys at Manscaped. Uh, so listen up, fellas. Today we have a new Manscaped product alert. Manscaped just released the Weed Whacker Nose and Ear Hair Trimmer. Now take a look in the, the mirror, and I guarantee you'll see hair sticking out of those holes. It's time to keep your ear and nose hair looking as nice as your uh, downstairs. And if if you haven't been listening to the show, that, that you know that we have a couple, or they have a couple new products out there. Uh, the lawnmower 3.0 has been fantastic. I myself have used it. Uh, it's just it's as good as it the name sounds. A lawnmower 3.0, and and they also have it in the perfect package 3.0. It comes with uh, the the lawnmower 3.0, um, some nice nice underwear, uh, some deo deodorant for your downstairs and a couple other things uh, and then or if you want to just go with the weed whacker this thing's uh i haven't personally tried it but it's getting better reviews than the lawnmower 3.0 which i think is absolutely fantastic uh, so if something's getting better reviews than that i don't know how it can be not great uh, but go to go to manscape.com get 20 percent off and free shipping with the promo code hoopball20 that's h-o-o-p-b-a-l-l-2-0 um, then that's again, that's 20% off and free shipping at manscaped.com by using the promo code hoopball20, H O O P B A L L 20. So, what are you waiting for, guys? Um, go on over now and, and get these amazing products. So, let's get on to this next game. We have the OKC Thunder versus the Orlando Magic. And before I throw out that spread, I do want to tell you guys if you were listening earlier, we do, we now have a Sacramento Houston point spread. I was fairly close. Uh, it is three and a half points. Houston is the favorite here. Um, and it is 234 and a half over under currently. And Charlotte and Philly also got in a uh, point spread here. It's nine and a half point favorites. Philly at home okay. and the over under is 214. So uh, one of the lower games as well with that New York Nick Indiana one. So it's fairly close, kind of what we probably figured. <clears throat> Um, but yeah, let's get back to the OKC Thunder game. And the OKC Thunder are eight point road underdogs, and the over under is 218 and a half. On the injury report, we have uh, pretty much the same thing for the Thunder Ty Jerome, Trevor Reza out, and the Magic got a little bit shaken up. It was Al Farouk Amino, James Ennis, and Jonathan Isaac, just the three staples on here. But now we have added Evan Fournier as questionable. Chuma Okeke out, and Terrence Ross has now been upgraded to probable after missing that last one. Uh, let's start with the Thunder here. We have Shy at 79, 61 for Al Horford, and then everybody else is uh, just lower priced here in that mid-5K or under. Anybody you're looking at here, and, and they are kind of fantasy friendly as long as the game is not a blowout uh, like that last one. Um, but anybody you're looking here for, pure value, because that's pretty much what this team is, is value uh, with those cheap plays. Yeah, so I think with the Thunder, the one thing you're always going to have to be watching the news. I think you're going to see you know, Horford and George Hill and some of their older guys sit on occasion, kind of as they did the other day. Um, so if that's the case, then you know that's just a insane boost to the, the other guys remaining on the team. Um, Shay, I'll, I'll ask you with Shay, has he, has he met your expectations this year as kind of the, as much as everyone was hyping him up as kind of the, just the usage monster. Um, he is, he's, 
pretty much controlling the ball most of the games. But it, a lot of times, people thought he was instantly going to be Russell Westbrook and get twenty nine and nine or twenty three nine and nine, which right. has not happened yet. Uh, he hasn't gotten too many defensive stats, which he was really good at in, uh, in the last couple of years. He's uh, and his efficiency has just not really been there. He's only he, the last two games he's taken twenty shots combined, so that's something that kind right. of scared me. I know the last against. The Pelicans, they just got blown out, so I could see that. But he was 8 of 10 in the Orlando game last time they faced. And making 8 shots and only 10 attempts, uh, I know he scored 23 points, but I would have expected him to be a little bit more aggressive when he's that hot. So that kind of off-put me. Um, Right now, it, it would seem before the year that this would be underpriced for him, but maybe teams are just... Uh, I'm not. I'm not sure. He hasn't really exceeded value here, so he's kind of in that uh, iffy zone for me as right here. But he did put up 41.25 points against Orlando on the 29th of December, and he only took those 10 shots. So a um, little bit different than what we thought, but maybe he's just learning and how to hit his stride and be that guy uh, yeah. when he hasn't been that yet up to this point. Yeah, it's kind of been strange. You know, the obviously you had the Pelicans blowout in his last game, so you can probably throw that out a little bit. But the other three, he kind of just clawed his way to value almost. In you know, he was really he really inefficient, but you love to see the usage in the first two games, uh, with twenty one and twenty shots and you know, nine and seven assists. It's like that's great. That's what you expected, you know, him to be be the man, but then you wonder, okay, why is he only taking ten shots in each of the last two games? So I I, I I want to keep going back to the well. I want to keep going attacking Shea and just keep believing that this usage is going to be real and the fact that they just don't have very many other playmakers. You know, it's going to be Al Horford, but I don't think they're ever really going to extend his minutes. Um, it, you know, George Hill is kind of the same thing. I think they want to keep they're veterans in that 25 to 28 minute range. And then outside of that, it's like who, who else is really going to play make on this team or who's going to create their own shot? You know, maybe a little bit of Baisley Dort has been really good, but he's not, those guys aren't reliable shot creators yet. So at 7,900, you know, I think the Indiana guys are probably a little better for cash games, but um, I'm still interested in Shea at this price tag. And, you know, if he keeps struggling, you, the price is going to keep going down, and you know, hopefully, we can really get a spiked game here pretty soon. That at lower ownership, if you know people decide to give up on him, yeah, and and that's the thing there. Uh, tournaments, he's the pivot play now. All of a sudden, he was very very chalky when we first started. We thought he was going to take his roll and run and stride with it, but I think he's still learning the the, the ways of being the only guy on the, on a team here. Um, so it's going to be interesting, but I think he's better, as you mentioned, in tournament play as the slightly less ownership and, and a pivot there. Um, yeah. Everybody else on this team, <clears throat> it's hard to feel too safe with everybody. Uh, Baisley, Dort, they have their hit or miss type of games. Only 5K, they'll be in, in play for me when I'm over there. Um, but uh, if Alec Burks plays, I like him. He's he's just safer for me than these two guys uh, and, and the two Philly guys that I mentioned are all similar priced so it all depends on his availability but uh there's not too much that i'm gravitating towards yeah, uh, on, on, the, on this squad 
if if we have people out, like you mentioned, Horford and and Hill, they might miss it. I know they missed the back to back, but if they just say, oh, we're going to rest him for this one or something, then there's a lot more value to be found here. Then you can look at guys like Diallo, um, guys like Muscala or Isaiah Roby for under 4K, all three of them. Uh, and then you can also go back to Baisley and Dort because uh, they'll just get a, a little bit more shots and 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 looks there. But with right. everybody healthy, uh, I'm kind of with I'm. If you're not going to go Shea, I'm, I'm just – they're not going to absolutely leave my player pool, but they're not going to be one of the guys that people I highlight and uh, want to put in my lineups. Yeah. I mean, I couldn't, couldn't have said it better. Awesome, man. So let's get on over to the Orlando Magic side of the ball. and We got Voos at 8,700, uh, Fultz there at 6,200. We might not have Evan Fournier, but we should have Terrence Ross – uh, how did you feel about what Cole Anthony did last time with Fournier getting hurt? No, Ross, he played 35 minutes. Can you expect that again? Uh, can you expect Dwayne Bacon, if Fournier is out, to play a bunch of minutes again as well? Uh, or do you just stick with the two guys uh, or two to three guys that are really per- bringing it every game here? Yeah, I, I think Anthony's a pretty – I think you need Fournier out there, but um... – yeah, you know, they're they're a little bit of a thin team with uh, on the wings, especially when once one of these key guys is out. So if Fournier ends up missing the game, I think you can go right to Ross uh, as a direct pivot a guy. You know, he should be locked into thirty minutes fairly easily. He'll you know with a bunch of shots, and we know Ross isn't shy whatsoever. And he's been he's been really hot with his shot so far, and you know hopefully he can walk into a couple other stats as well uh, if he ended up getting the start. Um, I think it's an excellent matchup. I think it's a good it would be a great spot to get uh, some Ross value. Uh, you mentioned Anthony. I think I don't think Anthony would be in play in cash, but uh, his profile, especially if this game gets out of hand and you know Orlando's leading in the fourth quarter, they're going to go to Anthony in the fourth. And he's, I think he's been pretty good. He's been one of the better rookies to start. Uh, he's shown ability to really get after it on the boards and show a little bit of playmaking chops. And um, you love to see the 18 shots he took in, in the the blowout game against Philly when Fournier got hurt. Uh, so I think there's a pretty secure role there, uh, regardless of the injury situation. So he's kind of been hovering in that 16 to 19 minute range with everyone healthy. With you know forty eight out, um, you know I could you I think you can conceivably see that get up to twenty three twenty four minutes for forty six hundred on a short slate. I think you can do a lot worse in tournaments. And then Vooch is a guy who just doesn't ever seem to make the cash pool for me, and I kind of kick myself every every time <laughs> why he doesn't. Um, but again, this slate it's like he's eighty seven hundred, but. I'd almost I'd rather play some bonus in cash. I'd rather play in beating cash. So he's kind of just a tournament pivot for me, and I think it's a great matchup. Um, he has a locked in he has a locked in workload. You know exactly what you're going to get. Uh, he's one of the better rebounding centers in the game. He's a really great playmaking center. Uh, he'll give you a little bit extra with a three ball. So it's like I I don't know I don't know why I don't ever click Vooch's name in cash, but he just kind of always seems like he's on the outside in for me. Interesting, and I like myself some Booch too. Uh, but I'm with you. I mentioned Embiid before, uh, and and Sabonis as well. I'd rather pay up to get them. But if you can't pay up, if you're just out of money and you're 
under 9K. I think he's he's just so safe. So uh, if you're loving your lineup and you're stuck at nine, I, I'd like him here. But if you have that 700 extra to get Sabonis, I'd much prefer that as well uh, to this. But I wouldn't hate it if Vuce is my guy in, in a cash game. Uh, Pivot-wise, I think he does make sense, as, as you mentioned. He's going to be un, under-owned in tournament play, so he's a nice pivot there. Um, as far as Gordon and Fultz, I like... I like Fultz a little bit more. Gordon's kind of hit or miss, uh, and it's going to depend on the availability of Evan Fournier to make me look at some of these other guys. If he plays, that's 30 minutes right there. If he doesn't, Terrence Ross becomes very, very good looking to me at 5,200. I just mentioned a cut. We've been mentioning people around this price range all night. Uh, he would, he would jump the line in terms of most of the other guys that I've mentioned already uh, on Philly. Uh, everybody, even he would jump the line um, a little bit more than Burks as well. That would put him just slightly above Burks in that five and a half type K range if he plays and Fournier doesn't play. He because we're, we're going to see someone enter the starting lineup of Vuce, Fultz, Gordon, uh, and then we got two spots there. Dwayne Bacon's been seeing himself in the lineup. I just can't trust Dwayne Bacon. He's just Dwayne Bacon. Um, but right. if Fournier is out, that's 30 minutes to go around, and then someone's going to enter the lineup. It could be Cole Anthony. It could be uh, Terrence Ross there. Or, or it could be another guy like Gary Clark, and they go a little bit bigger like they did in the in the bubble there. Uh, and something else to keep an eye on, um, an eye on is Chuma Okeke is out for this game and for uh, an indefinite amount of time. So He's going to be a couple weeks out, and he's about a 17, 18, 19-minute player a game. So that's another – that's about 50 minutes to go around if Fournier doesn't play. And those minutes are going to go to mostly uh, Gary Clark is going to pick them up outside of the starters. I'm, I mean uh, Gary Clark, Cole Anthony, Dwayne Bacon, Terrence Ross, those types of guys are going to get extended minutes. Uh, so if we see Gary Clark enter the starting lineup at minimum salary – I'm going to have a very a long look at this guy. I won't have the same look at Dwayne Bacon. I just don't. His floor is, is worse to me. I know Gary Clark's floor is, isn't that high either, but um, I just I just much prefer him and his better rebounding and um, like that. But Terrence Ross, to me, is, is a very good play here. Cole Anthony gets a solid bump if there is no Fournier as well because he should see more than the 18 minutes a game he was playing before uh, last one. <clears throat> yeah, agreed. I think I think you hit that perfectly. Yeah, and then, and then the blowout potential at this game, Cole Anthony would see more minutes in that as well uh, compared to everybody else that we mentioned. All right, man. Uh, let's get into this next one. We have the Cleveland Cavaliers at the Atlanta Hawks. Hawks are on the second night of a back-to-back. Hawks have just beaten the Brooklyn Nets, and they are now 4-1 and one as well. <clears throat> they look really good. Uh, but yeah. we don't have anybody on the injury report just yet. Game just finished not too long ago, so we'll come to that. Uh, Gallo did not play this game. That was one of the big guys that didn't play. We'll see. We'll we'll have some idea on his status tomorrow. Uh, and then on the Cavs side, we have Deladova out, Kevin Love out, Isaac Akara out, Kevin Porter Jr. out, Dylan Weindler out. Um, <clears throat> we'll start. Ooh, almost forgot it, man. <laughs> the over-under is 233, and the spread is the Hawks are six and a half point home favorites. Uh, so let's start. I'll start with the Cavs here. We have Andre Drummond at 9,200. Uh, so this is interesting to me. Clint Capella, J- 
just mentioned Gallo. We'll have a better view on him. Clint Capella. Do they risk him on a back-to-back this early in the season? That is going to be super interesting. And if I had to guess, I would say no. I, yeah. I just I just can't see that. So John Collins and if Gallo um, – John Collins is their only big man. I guess you could say Bruno Fernando as well in Atlanta. They're going to try and contain Drummond. Uh, he's going to be in a fairly good matchup. But for me, I, I do prefer Sabonis' matchup as well in this one. Uh, but at 9,200, he's also – there's just a lot of very good high-end centers in this in this slate. Uh, but he would be in play if John Collins was trying to guard him one-on-one, especially if he got John Collins two quick early fouls. There's nobody in that in that front court that can guard on and Andre Drummond. So he's definitely in play for me. I do prefer if you can get to Embiid uh, and, and Sabonis, but I don't think it's too, too far off for me. <clears throat> no, not at all. Um, yes. And I think you called that perfectly. And I just checked the Capella minutes. He played 29 minutes uh, in this game against Brooklyn. And they stated multiple times that they want to be careful with Capella. They want to, um, you know, they might look at this Drummond matchup and be like, holy crap, you know, like, we, you know, we can't play Collins 35 minutes against Drummond. Just the size difference would be immense. So, but, yeah, I still think that would still be a positive for Collins because I think you, even if Capella did play, you'd probably get him, like, 15 to 20 minutes. Maybe just, like, hey, go play a couple rotations against Drummond kind of a deal. And, you know, we'll just severely hold back your normal minutes rotation if he did play. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, I, I think Drummond's right there again, too. And it's kind of, as we go through the slate, you know, I, I hopefully you're picking up on that these expensive centers are really where you should be investing your money. Um, you know, I, I don't think it's crazy at all to spend for two of these guys and just really build in a really rock-solid floor-ceiling combination. Yeah, and... And you could even get uh, the the good thing about Sabonis is he's power forward eligibility, uh, uh, so you could put him in two additional spots instead of just center and utility if you really just wanted to go center heavy. And it seems like we're both on the same page that we like the big guys in this slate. Uh, it's, it's just one of those big big nights. But uh, outside of Drummond, we have some decent matchups. We might uh, I like Sexland. They've been playing pretty well. I'm gravitating toward Darius Garland lately just with that $1,000 difference, and he does more of the peripherals that I like. He's he's a bit safer than Sexton. Sexton has an off-shooting night. He doesn't supplement it with uh, – he just gets about three and a half assists a game, and he doesn't grab any rebounds or, or do too, too much outside of scoring. So I usually gravitate toward Sexton. Um, I almost said Sexton. <laughs> gravitate towards Sexton <laughs> away from Sexton. I gravitate towards Garland because his floor is safer, and you get that discount with them. Uh, but Larry yeah. Nance is also starting at 6900 it's off-putting to me. I wish he was around the 6K range or even 5.7. That'd be awesome. Uh, but is a little off-putting to me out up there. But another guy, if you wanted a deep dive into a look, uh, Javal McGee at 4,100. He's been playing pretty well. Uh, he might. He's. I know he only plays 15 minutes, but he's hitting value. Uh, pretty much every game, it's slight value though too. It's not it's not a huge ceiling. You're never going to get a huge ceiling with this guy because he's not going to play 20 minutes. Uh, but he's ripping down rebounds and he's shooting more. He he's hitting a three in three of five games, which is weird. Uh, <laughs> I never thought I'd be saying that. 
but he's a guy I would be looking at around that price tag because there's not too many people under the, the 4K without uh, injuries that, that we're getting to on this slate. Yeah, and I think the big thing with Cleveland that you can, you kind of hit on it a little bit, but these top four guys, Drummond, Sexton, Nance, and Garland, they're playing so many minutes. They're just they're just out there the whole freaking game. You know, uh, Garland thirty eight, thirty seven the last two games. Sexton was thirty seven and forty one. Larry Nance uh, thirty six and forty three, thirty five the game before that. Um, Drummond. 25, 33, 26. So he's a little more volatile, but I think a lot of that is foul trouble. Um, like, yeah, just... I, I think that's a great thing about Cleveland, is especially as these guys are performing. Um, it, it's kind of hard to beat their minutes security uh, just, about with, with just about anybody in the NBA. Um, and I think especially in Sexton and Garland, they really believe in those guys as their future backcourt and their... Coach is obviously very comfortable just keeping them out there the entire game. Yeah, and then and you have we have four injuries in, in Deladova, Coro, Porter, Kevin Love. Those guys would be eating into the minutes here, but without them, there's not many people in the rotation, especially in the backcourt to challenge Sexland's uh, minutes production there. So we're going to continue to see them play until they get a little bit healthier. Uh, Kevin Porter Jr. probably uh, much more than. Uh, Matthew Deladova, but till then they're they're going to be playing thirty five plus minutes as unless it just gets to a blowout. And even then, I I think they run their young kids out there, even if they're down by twenty or they're up by twenty. Agreed. <clears throat> um, but yeah, let's go on to the Atlanta Hawks. Here we have uh, they just beat the 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 Nets on the rematch game. Uh, we have Trey Young as the highest guy on this slate. Very good matchup for him. Very, I don't know if he's. Uh, ever has a bad matchup with the way he shoots the ball and and the usage that he can conducts. But at 10 to um, he, to me, I can never say I'm, I, I'm never looking at Trey young just because of the things that I just mentioned. He's always going to shoot. He's always going to command a ton of usage. Um, he can shoot anywhere on the court and he's Trey young. I, I, I'm just not going to elaborate. I'll just say, and he's Trey young. Uh, so at 10 to not terrible, but I do prefer Embiid to him. Uh, and I do prefer a lot of these big guys here. Uh, on the flip side to that, I think John Collins, everything I just said about Drummond and you said about Drummond, I think John Collins, especially if he plays center, he's in a good matchup. Uh, he, he's been known to stretch the floor, and Drummond's not a type of guy that you want guarding people away from the rim. So I think he'd be in a decent matchup. The one thing about him, and that's been scaring me, is uh, he just hasn't looked great. Uh, to The other game against Brooklyn... He looked very good. He had his his breakout game uh, finally, uh, but outside of that, he has been struggling. And <laughs> especially in the Discord, you hear everybody going, uh, "What's going on with Collins?" But he he did another twenty and eight tonight. He took the second most shots on the team, or third most shots on the team, or well, second. Um, so that was good to see. And if Capella's not there, there's should be extra rebounds to go around. Assuming Andre Drummond doesn't eat them all up, so. I don't mind. I like Collins at that seventy five hundred price tag. We haven't said too many people around that that range there, uh, mm-hmm. so I'd be gravitating towards him out of the people we haven't really talked about, or there just hasn't been people priced around there. Uh, outside of him, yeah. we get back to the the jumbled forward guard wing rotation, whatever you want to call it, with Bogdo, Hunter, Reddish, 
uh, Huerter, Gallo. It all if Gallo doesn't play and Capella doesn't play, it opens up so much value for all of these guys. Uh, Hunter had a very good game tonight at 53. He would be in play to me. Bogdo would be in play to me at 58. Uh, Reddish, Huerter, they all interchange when they're going to have that big game. So it's hard for me to pinpoint which one specifically, uh, but I like to get my my shears of, of one of them and, and hope that's the one it goes. I know that uh, especially if Capella, Capella and um, Gallinari don't play, they're all going to play at least 25 minutes and, and play there. So the minutes floor is going to be there. And, and Hunter and Reddish seem like the two guys that are in the starting lineup and have more secure roles. So can lean towards that. But Bogdanovich is running the second unit. Uh, so he's another look. And Huerter is just, I never play him, but he's always there and he's always, he's performing pretty well. Uh, but I'd probably lean towards Hunter and Reddish as I tend to do. Yeah. Uh, I, I think you nailed it. It's a jumbled mess of all their wings. Um, Bogdan has the best usage. He takes the most shots. Uh, the other guys, Hunter and, and Reddish, are much more likely to contribute uh, in the other categories, but they don't have nearly as much opportunity. And I think one issue we're going to run into is, you know, Trey Young's going to get his in a close game no matter what. And the other guys are going to kind of have to fight each other for more usage. You know, last year, John Collins was able to really break out because there just wasn't a whole lot there on Atlanta. And now you add Bogdan, you add um, Clint Capella, you add, you know, DeAndre Hunter, Reddish, and Huerter are all one year older. They're not, you know, they're mm-hmm. um, just a little more polished as players. Um, Rajon Rondo is a really ball-dominant guy. When Gallinari's in there, he's a guy. He's you know he's there to put up twelve to fifteen shots a game, so it's going to be a little hit and miss with Atlanta. And yep. you know I don't think you know we just have to be very careful with Collins when he's when he's at this price tag um, that we're just going to very matchup specific. Otherwise, you know I think we're just going to be disappointed with his output. And it's it's with these wings, it's very. Uh upsetting because i like so many of them but we just don't know who's who's who on what night and, and that's the upsetting thing because they're just so deep um when people are out we can look at them more but when they're all play if gallo plays and or capella then it's uh, off puts me to these guys just because their minutes should be there in the 20 minutes range um but you just don't know the the more bodies we put in there and, and talented bodies the worse i feel about them and it's just yeah. it's it, it's an unfortunate situation for fantasy, not not for them. It's a good problem for them to have, but right. not for us. Exactly. All right, man. Let's go on to this last game of the night: the Toronto Raptors against the New Orleans uh, Pelicans. And the cool thing about this whole thing, this game is a seven thirty start. So we have three seven o'clock games and two seven thirty games at Eastern time. Uh, so we should have. Hopefully we have the two seven thirty uh, lineups and injury report fully, uh, but we should have at least. I'm, I'm saying we're going to get at least eighty percent of, of all this in before lineups lock. Uh, hopefully more, but we should have. We might have an entire, which we barely ever have, a hundred percent of information before lineup locks. Um, so that's going to be huge if we can get that, and uh, that makes all the difference. 
We don't have to wait on, ooh, is someone playing in the late game? Is oh, he's questionable, so and so. But I think I think we could do it. And right now we have Toronto, uh, pretty much the 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 Hawks are the one team that we're waiting for in the late game. Uh, but we have the the Raptors at. <clears throat> two-point underdogs on the road, and the over-under is 216 in this game. Uh, on the injury report, we have Wenyan Gabriel as out for the Pelicans, and Patrick McCall, who's just a staple on here, uh, as out for the Raptors. Let's start with the Raptors, man. And um, we have the two, three big guys that we have around 83 to 77, and then everybody else is a little bit cheaper. Uh, where, are you, where are you leaning towards in this environment here? Uh, we saw them get their first win, and we saw... Pascal Siakam not be a part of it. So, how do, what do yeah. you make of that? And uh, how, how, where well, do we go from here? Yeah, I mean that whole situation was just so frustrating. You know, the, <laughs> the NBA, if these sports leagues need to figure out that hey, if they want sports betting and DFS to be just really ingrained into their viewership and have it be a big part of the league. Like, they can't have situations where Toronto is ruling out one of their star players, like, five minutes before they tip off. Like, it's just, I don't know, that it's just ridiculous to me that, you know, a league that has said, hey, you know, we want to be really involved in sports betting, but, you know, we're going to let a team rule out a guy without any warning, basically. Um, so, mini rant over. <laughs> anyway, back to, back to DFS. Uh, I like all these guys. I think... Um, I've said, I think all year as with podcasts that, that Siakam Lowry and Van Vliet, uh, just sneakily all got massive upgrades in the off season when, you know, they got rid of Abaka's usage and, you know, Marcus Ole, who wasn't really a high usage guy, but he was a guy they kind of ran playmaking through. And all of that just really falls to their top three guys. Now, you know, they replaced them with a Chris Boucher, and Aaron Baines, you know, guys who just aren't really taking a whole lot of shots. And they're playing, I think they're playing a lot smaller with Powell. So that just inherently helps all the guys play a little faster. There's going to be more possessions. And against the Pelicans, you know, the Pelicans are a little better defensively. They're not kind of the home run, just super pace Pelicans we were used to last year. But all these price tags are just really good in a good matchup uh, for them to pay off. I, I would have all these guys in real consideration for my cash for cash game pool, and I think you can make really creative game stacks with Zion and Ingram and Lonzo on the other side. Yeah, and I like that. I think this is a, a pretty good, as you mentioned, a pretty good game stack. And I, I agree with the, the Siakam news. If you know you're going to bench a guy, please, they they should be more transparent. Uh, people are not happy about that. Um, and just just let someone know. <laughs> you could have let us know an hour ago, unless you unless they just told them five minutes before the game. Hey, we're not starting you. Then I guess it, it makes sense because you're going to tell them first, the, the player, not just leak it. Uh, but I digress again, as as you did. Uh, let's get <laughs> I'll get back to the game here. Um, I think most of these guys are in good matchups here. I like both guards. I, if Siakam plays, a solid matchup too. Uh, Ananabi. I mentioned a lot of people in that 5K range. Um, he had a, a dud of a performance in the last one, but before that, he scored 20. He's one of those guys that are hard to get right, uh, but I, I like him in, in this environment here, and I like that price tag. It should be an up-tempo game. Uh, Norman Powell, like you, I think you mentioned him earlier, um, 
finally got on track and only 4K. To me, that's I, – I said there's not many people around 4K. I much prefer him to McGee. I think he should yep. play a very safe floor and uh, – or zero minutes floor, I should say. And if he's back – He's that's a fantastic value there at 4K. Uh, I know Nick Nurse said he's done it before. He's done it in big spots. He's done it for long durations. Uh, so he gets a long leash, and he's one of those guys that can just make shots and, and do a little bit of everything here. Uh, so I really like him at 4K for a value play. Uh, I usually tend to lean towards, <clears throat> in, in the Lowry-Van Vliet battle, I usually tend to lean towards um, who's hot or who had the... the other shooting game um right now lowry is not taking i think he's taking 15 shots was the most he's taken uh so i'm gonna lean towards van vliet he finally had that that he's been on and off on and off uh his first four games i think he's gonna string together two good ones um and yeah. he's taking he's he's taking a lot more shots than lowry so i think it's safer and when he's making his shots he usually tends to distribute and and find more of people when he's doing that it's it's a little bit of a when he's feeling it he's feeling it all over not just not just on the score or uh on the points total so I, I like him a little bit more here um but yeah there's a lot to like in this matchup um one thing that we've come to find out chris boucher might not the might not fully play in this matchup against a physical big front court so um that's something to keep an eye out maybe we see more alex len and Aaron Baines has not been playing much, so maybe we see more Alex Len in there. Uh, so that's something to take into consideration. But Stephen Adams is not a scorer, so maybe they just put Boucher in there. <clears throat> yeah, agreed. Um, I think the the big thing with this team is um, we we know exactly where their usage and where their opportunity is going to come from. And you, you get kind of all of it for a really reasonable price tag. Like there's going to be no questions. It's going to be Siakam, Lowry, and Van Vliet. Powell is going to be running the second unit. You know, if, if Boucher runs into a good minutes game, you know, he can get there, steals and blocks. It's kind of the same thing with Andrew Noby. Uh, there's just not a lot of surprises with, with yep. the Toronto team. Awesome. And right before we get to the Pels, I got to pause the show quick for a quick announcement. And this is the Bruise Letter is back, guys. If you haven't signed up for the Bruise Letter, we already have our first couple emails go out. Uh, but it's Aaron Brewski straight to your inbox. You can't find this information on any podcast. You can't find it on any article. You can't find it on the website. Can't find it on Twitter. Can't find it anywhere um, but his email newsletter. And it's all of it's it's just ugh. it's just an email newsletter filled with uh, Aaron's most intimate fantasy nuggets and it's exclusive like I mentioned um, but just go to bitly slash bruise letter 2021 and you get Aaron Brewski straight to your inbox again that's bitly slash bruise letter 2021 and you get Aaron Brewski's intimate nuggets uh, every time he sends them straight to your inbox and also the fantasy pass guys so we already know that the the draft season's over pretty much unless you just really like late drafts if they if they allow that uh but the draft season's over but fantasy pass is still the best in the deal in the industry and at only 44.99 per month um you get all the stuff that we're doing into the regular season with zero commitment so you can sign up for 1 month for 5 bucks and if you don't like it cancel uh, we know you'll like it but it's nice to have that option so the fantasy pass Gets all everything like updated projections, new fantasy appraiser tools, schedule and streaming charts, pickups, drops, 
and the Discord that me and Aaron mentioned earlier with so many different channels to help you get one-on-one help with your team and and any questions that you need answered. So uh, please do check that out. Head to hoopball-.com and click on the Fantasy Pass ad just below the main media wall and sign up. And if you just want the DFS Pass and get our, our... some DFS help with our articles and stuff and everything we do on the Discord. That is only $1.99 per month. Uh, so two fantastic things, and in my opinion, <laughs> at very cheap value. But let's go re- right into this Pelicans game. Uh, we can, I'm Pelicans team, we can close it out. You mentioned Zion. Uh, very good for 78. Uh, I, I prefer him more than uh, Collins in a cash game, especially. I think he's a little bit safer. Collins is Hasn't just been there right there, but we have Brandon Ingram at 81. Another guy, just Brandon Ingram has been awesome. Um, Normally, I don't like to target the Raptors, but they haven't looked like the Raptors of the last couple years that we've been accustomed to. So um, to me, it changes a little bit, but I'll throw it over to you. Who do you like on this squad, and can you dig deep? It's hard to dig deep on a team like this when you know that they are playing seven guys and then eighth and ninth play about a handful of minutes. Yeah. So it's, it's the same guys. We've, we've been kind of attacking the whole season. Um, Ingram and Zion are good price tags. They're, they're I think they're probably appro- appropriately priced uh, for just for the way they've been playing and their current roles as kind of the lead shot, shot takers and uh, usage guys on the team. Um I don't think I kind of, it's not a steadfast rule, but whenever I get the opportunity, I try not to attack Toronto, Toronto's defense. They're, they're just a good defensive team. And, you know, they're, like you said, they're a little weaker than they've been in the past without Ibaka and without Gasol. But, you know, Aaron Baines is still a really good defender. Chris Boucher is a really good rim protector, shot blocker. Um, Anunobi is probably one of the best, you know, three or four wing defenders in the game. I think Siakam could probably make that claim too. Um, they're, they're just not a team I like to attack when, when I can avoid it. So for the most part, I think a lot of these guys are going to be tournaments for me. Um, and we've talked about a lot of guys on the slate, like the Indiana guys who are very similar in price where, um, you know, Brogdon is 7,400, Eldad Depot is 6,700. Um, and even the Toronto guys where, you know, they get a little bit better, but better of a matchup at similar tags, you know, Siakam mm-hmm. and Van Vliet and Lowry. I think I would rather go that though, that direction in cash over these two guys over Ingram and Zion. Uh, but I, I still can't fault the play if, if you wanted to go that way, they're, they're just locked into the rules. You know exactly what you're going to get. You're going to get a really good minutes floor. You're going to get really good usage. And they're going to be able to con- contribute in multiple facets. Uh, going down a little bit, I think Lonzo's a guy I'm trying to play just about every day in tournaments, especially with everyone else kind of absorbing a lot of the ownership. Uh, Bledsoe was a really popular play the first couple slates of the season. And after burning everybody, he's um, Lonzo has kind of been the, the forgotten guy on this team a little bit. And just his profile is a guy where he can really spike for a big game. And you kind of saw that against OKC uh, where he went for 41 and flirted with a triple-double uh, in just 32 minutes. So if it's a close game and he gets a big minute ceiling, you know, that's that's it within his range of outcomes for just 6,600. And there's, just, there's not many uh, guys in this range, especially on this slate, that can hit that sort of ceiling. 
Uh, I like Oladipo a little more for cash. Um, but, you know, I think you can get real creative with like a Lonzo Ball, RJ Barrett type of build in tournaments. And you're building a whole lot of upside for a pretty reasonable price tag. And I like how you correlated that with the Indiana price tags because they're pretty pretty similar there. Um, I think, yeah, Ingram, Zion, they're always in play for you. Uh, Ball is, is a pretty good option here. <clears throat> At six six, I do like slightly Oladipo a little bit more just because the matchup. Uh, he's not going against Lowry, who who I'm assuming should be on ball. I'm not looking at Bledsoe. He's just I, I I want him to start at go to the bench and be the sixth man on this team before I, I play him. I just don't think he fits well in this starting lineup. Uh, you just I just need to see more shooting there. Uh, Josh Hart's a guy who's rebounding the ball great as he usually does at 4,800. He turns into a, a semi option for me. I'm not going to actively target him, uh, but on a better matchup, uh, 4,800 to him, I think he could hit that value if you need it. There's really just no other people on this team that you can feel safe with when you know that um, most of these, the, the starters or not even, I shouldn't say starters because Bledsoe too, uh, but seven people are going to get minutes here. Everybody else is really not, uh, some guy to look at, though, if you're going to dig deep, J.J. Redick, if he's just feeling it, um, if this might be one of the games. I know last year the Raptors, their one Achilles heel, uh, just like the Bucks, were giving up three-pointers. So if at right now he's only made one shot in every game, uh, just one. He's shooting terribly. But if wow. he <laughs> – right? It, fun fact, who would have thought that? Uh, but if he starts hitting a couple, I can see his – seven or 18 to 23 minutes jump up to about 26 27 because that's what they need is shooting uh, so if he starts hitting a couple and he's feeling it that game um you're, you could get a guy who easily hits value at 35 but again yeah. if he's if he's not shooting well which he hasn't yet um your your floor is pretty much at the ground so he's to me a gpp punt type of play uh, that no not a lot of people probably are going to play or maybe they will because they see that 3,500 and they say, oh, J.J. Redick. Um, but if he's on, he could get you 20 points there and, and you're paying nothing for him. So he would be someone I'm looking at as a, a pump play. Uh, but I would like – I prefer Ingram slightly more than um, Zion in this matchup. No, I prefer Zion slightly more than Ingram in this matchup. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think I prefer Zion – I said it more than Collins. I think I – Slightly prefer Zion more than uh, Brogdon as we stand now, but things might change depending on who's in and who's out for the Knicks. Um, so that's where that's where I stand on that one too. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's kind of, it's kind of an interesting slate. Um, I, th- I think there's a lot of really unique directions you can go. There's a lot of really good cash plays. Um, a lot of ways you can be different in tournaments. Um, I think the big thing is there's not a whole lot of great value. Uh, we kind of talked about it, you know. Norm Powell, I think at 4K is going to be really popular. Mm-hmm. Um, outside of that, I don't really know if there's very much cheaper. Uh, maybe Dwayne Bacon, if we get some news on Fournier, he'll probably just by virtue of the slate being no value. I think he'll he'll probably garner some ownership, but should be a fun slate. I think it's uh, I think there's a lot to dive in here. Yeah. Anyway. We'll, we'll figure it out, and I think it could be a fun seat as well. Um, but, yeah, before we head on out of here, I just want to tell you guys one more time, give us a, a rate and review. Drop drop one in there. Tell us what you like, what you don't like about the show. Uh, we'll try and help you cater that to you or uh, do 
incorporate what we what we hear more and and take out what you guys don't <laughs> don't like to hear. Um, but yeah, give us a follow on Twitter as well. You can follow me at Santino Cacone. You can follow Aaron at Asmus Sports. Uh, you can also chat with us on Discord. We're there pretty much every day, throwing stuff in there and answering questions, helping people with their stuff. Um, but before we go, Aaron, you want to say anything else to these guys before we head on out of here? Uh, yeah, I, I want to keep plugging the Discord every opportunity. Um, it's a growing, so we're still a pretty small community, but it's definitely growing. And um, people who have been involved there, I feel like, are learning quite a bit. And it's for two bucks a month if you want to really learn how to play DFS and interact with uh, us guys who are talking on the podcast a little more in depth when we have more news available to you. You know, that's the way to do it. And if you, where you can ask questions and, you know, uh, just really learn the why why we're playing certain guys. Uh, that's that's the way you do it. So please, if you get the fantasy pass, log on to the Discord and start asking some questions. Awesome, man. Great. And that's it for another edition. Uh, tomorrow we will be back. I believe it is Mike and Keith, I believe. I want to say Saturday. Yep, Saturday, Sunday slates. We have Mike and Keith, uh, so they'll hit hit you with that. I believe there's a couple more games on that one, uh, but yeah, we'll be back here again tomorrow on another edition of Hoop Balls DFS today. Thank you guys for listening as always, and I can't wait to continue winning with you guys. Have a good night. This has been a Hoop Bowl presentation.